The following episode contains strong language, sexual and crude humor, references to drugs and alcohol, and scenes of violence. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. And he shakes his head suddenly. He's like, but that is not why I am here. Uh, yeah, let's start there. What brings you around here? I have come with a warning. Oh. Oh? There is a great power on its way here. Of course there is. And I cannot interfere, but I knew that I had to warn you. I knew that the people of Earth needed warning. Well, do elaborate, good sir. My people, the Aldrechi, have been at war for a long time with another race known as the Varmites. They were in a state of cold war with us until a few years ago they went on the offensive. For a long time they were a, a minor power, but something changed. And you and Visual Aid look at each other and realize that you're starting to phase away. And when you phase back into existence, you're on a familiar looking vessel. And you realize you can see the earth below you. And you're in a sort of caged area and you see Gemini there. Are they gonna fucking make us fight again? Gemini just looks at you with a horrified face and nods her head no. And then from behind you, a door opens and you see the 10-foot hulking form of Unibon. Visual aid, you get a call from your boss. I should say, this is your boss's boss, Walter Stevens. Hey, uh, Walter. The network's kind of uh, retooling anything space-related. Uh. Be going on a bit of a hiatus for the moment until they figure out what exactly they want. Oh. You know, aliens are kind of uh, not in vogue at the moment. You understand, I hope. I get it. Um, if there's any other, you know, shows. Trust me, you've done amazing work. You're first on the roster. Uh, if we have any work going on in Riverside, uh, or uh, listen, I'll go to bat for you. You know, if they, if they got a shoot that's going on somewhere else, you know, I'll get them to play, pay for, for uh, airfare, as long as you're cool with that. When you look over your shoulder, you realize that there is a glowing yellow energy shield holding everything above you. And when you turn back, you realize that Carl is looking absolutely horrified for a moment. And then the shield goes away. All right, kid, you're about to be more confused in these next five minutes than you've ever been your whole life. And I grab the mask and I take it off. Dad? However you just did, whatever you just did, do it again. So does this kid named Mosey, who by the way- Holy shit, you saw Mosey? Yeah, he, he told me, oh yeah, he told me to tell you to tell Carl to play Minecraft on Xbox with him. He knows Carl? Only Dan would recognize as Yartrav. Original leader of the Atlantean insurrection. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't seen Yartrav in something like five years. Last you saw him, he was getting locked up in the Atlantean prison. So, we're going to be doing a time jump to October of 2023. Before we reach there, I want to take a moment with each of you to get a sense of what everyone's been up to in the preceding five months following the Varmite invasion. Yardak, what have you been up to? to I guess to kind of reiterate and remind you, um, you had Yaradamo and Ula Jingaru help you during the invasion. The Queen had been very uncertain about letting Atlantis you know, join in the fight, and then it turned out that they were actually one of the targets of the fight. Now that the invasion's been repelled... I have made my way to Atlantis because I was pissed that being the Atlantean ambassador, they wouldn't offer aid in our time of need. And while I was there, Yardak stopped in and uh, met with Ula Bryn for a while and did a little bit of a hocusy-pocusy kind of things and uh, been uh, with Laserhawk at the hut helping with the whole upgrade thing and doing some training with him and Pam and, you know, Ruby whenever she's around. In the meantime now, Yaradamo has decided to move up on land. <gasps> I get a live-in boyfriend? Uh, well, I guess that's the question. Does he move in with you? 
I feel like you would. Oh, cause because we've always been like whenever it's never been same place, same time. So yeah, I want a I want a little live-in booty. Okay, yeah. He's asked to be stationed, you know, with you. Given that there's not really like a formal Atlantean military in the same way right now, things are very up in the air. There's a lot of discussions back in Atlantis about reforms, democracy, you know, the potential becoming maybe a, a monarch republic kind of deal. Ooh, the Monarch Republic of Atlantis. Yeah, everything is kind of up in the air, you know. Definitely the feeling of a... Is that a result of me constantly trying to explain the British government to them to be like, you could do this? Like, <laughs> Definitely, you, there's a feeling of a, of a sea change ahead, perhaps. A sea change? Change in current. And yeah, you were able to do some training with Ula Bryn. And Laserhawk, what about you? What have you been up to in this intervening five months? I imagine that uh, there are four big things on Brock's mind lately. Okay. The first is, um, you know, continuing training with my friends, uh, especially now that Yarnak is making a more regular point of, like, coming to training. I'm just trying to make sure that we are a well-oiled machine. Um, probably also making more of an effort to uh, keep up with my contacts in Highwind. Okay. Making sure that I'm, like, talking to Atlas on a semi-regular basis, still trying to mend fences with Dimitri. Just to kind of touch on the training aspect, I also, would Yaradamo have been welcome to come join that as well? Absolutely. I think it would be more like, like a Bethany situation to where, like, yes, he can help, but I feel like having him there always would be a little much. I mean, he has his own duties to attend to. Yeah, I would imagine he's, like, probably going to be similar to, like, Rickard. Yeah, and I feel like he'd be spending more time uh, helping the uh, little raft of uh, people out in the offshore. Probably, yes, to, to kind of keep an eye on things from a security perspective on that little uh, colony. Mm-hmm. Look, if Yaradamo, or for that matter, even Rickard, want to ever come to football practice, I'm never going to tell him no. They're always welcome. I'm imagining, I'm imagining Rickard has come to training before. Oh yeah, he's definitely been to football practice. <gasps> Our boyfriends can hang out and watch. You're working on training, you're working on mending the fences. Well, I guess then five things, if we're including mending fences as its own thing. Thing two, I have a city to protect. I've been protecting the fucking city. Thing four, my son. Just in general, my son. He has powers now. He knows about me now. I'm sure there's a lot of shit that has gone into that, and that has been Brock's second top concern. Because Brock's top concern is that, uh, I'm getting to that age where some funny things are starting to happen to my body. But I'm in my 40s, so I know it's not puberty, so I'm real concerned as to what that is. So I'm trying to figure that out. But I also imagine that this isn't anything that Brock's, uh, really been going out of his way to, like, talk to people about. Brock has been trying to hide this in training trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with my body without having to talk to the fucking Twelves about it, because I really don't want to have to talk to the Majestic Twelve any more than I have to. And what about, uh, you haven't really talked to anybody at Union about it either? You know, what with Betsy being arrested and stuff? Is Frank, like, the lab boy? No, Frank's an engineer, uh, Lydia is the doctor. Lydia, you know what? I'll say, also, Sloane Matthews is in town, you can go visit him. I'll visit him to punch him in the fucking face. I did save his life last time I saw him, though. Brock hasn't been in any of the Let's Go Visit Slum Matthew scenes before. I don't see a reason to start now. Lydia, on the other hand, uh... Doesn't suck? I feel like I'd have tried to exhaust every possible option with Kraken before I'd have gone to Union. And you haven't made me roll anything yet, so I don't know if I'm at that point. Okay, alright, well, we'll come back to that at some point. I just wanted to touch base. Uh, visual aid, what about you? What have you been up to in this preceding couple months? Trying to get fucking money because they took away my steady income. Ruby has been doing odd jobs. Started doing room eats. She would let people in the car for, like, things, but, like, the car is weirdly souped on, on the inside. She doesn't want to explain for superhero reasons. Right, right, right. She's also, she's done a couple jobs out in California with the same production company that makes, is currently not making any Space Cadet. Everest Productions. Also been training. I also have been working with Marin Betris before he took off. 
Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk on that a bit. It was less training and more like psychological, I feel like. Yeah, I imagine like you he sat down and like meditated with you kind of thing. And I believe he unlocked something in my brain, but I don't know exactly what yet. Like it's kind of a he unlocked it kind of the way Razzle Dazzle just like appeared the first time like I needed it. Mm-hmm. Ruby doesn't know everything that she can do now, and that will be interesting. <laughs> Naren Betris, meanwhile, had to go back. Basically, uh, he had come for that specific purpose, but he has duties back with the Aldrechi. Is there a way to contact Naren Betris? Not a way like that you, as a regular person, could. He definitely provided something to Union. Okay. There's not really a way for you all to get to him, so he would obviously have to come to you. Yeah. Places to point satellites towards. Perhaps sometime he'll come back and provide you with more communications equipment. When he looked at our communication equipment, it was the same as when he got in a car and went, oh no. Well, I was like, yeah, you could point the satellites and send a message, but, you know, it's going to take a little while to get to him. All right, so yeah, and then you're going out to California and working with Everest Productions. Yep. What's something that you've worked on recently? Working on, after the attack, there was kind of a want for more, like, simple media. So we're working on a couple rom-coms for them. All you do was Hallmark movies. She's definitely worked on a couple fucking Hallmark movies. It happened. Absolutely. She had to go up to Canada for that, like... Why are they always in Canada? Because Vancouver's cheap. Oh, tax. You helped as a, as a head production assistant for Jingle All the A. I hate you. I... They don't take place in Canada. They're just fucking filmed there. No, but this one does. <laughs> this one is. It's canon. Also, I bet there's a fucking romance book at least with that title. I'm sure. You know what? She's also working on like a Hanukkah one. All you need is latka. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's what you all have been up to in this intervening five months. Now it's October of 2023. Fall has come through. There's just been weird reports coming in from around the country about stuff in Montana and in Texas. Well, that's what you get for living in Montana. Yardak, focusing in on you, what are you and Yaradamo doing? <laughs> I was just, the, you were about to get my immediate response and I was like, hold on now. Yeah, what are you and Yaradamo doing on this fall day? We are taking a walk around the harbor. We, got, we stopped in, got some, it's October, so it's chilly because we're on the water. We stopped, got some hot cocoa, got a couple treats from some vendors. He's telling me about his work with the uh, colony of Atlanteans out off the shore. I have been telling him all the weird things I've been hearing on the news about Montana and Texas. Yardamo looks at you, and he's not used to wearing, since you're on land now, he's trying to adopt, like, human clothing style. So what do you, what do you think he's wearing? I'm picturing us both in some, some chinos, a nice gray peacoat, a scarf. Okay, so you're really blending in. Yeah. So he's kind of getting used to it just because, you know, it's, it's very different from what he normally wears. Looking at you and he's just been having a wonderful day. He's smiling at you. He's very interested to hear about what new training you've done with Ula Bryn. Have you spoken to the Queen Regent since you've been back? No, not since our, quite frankly, terse conversation when I went down originally to talk to her about why she refused aid during the land's time of need. We we are not uh, against each other, per se, but we are not exactly friendly at the moment. Atlantis fought hard against the Varmites. They were not well-suited for underwater combat. I, I mean, I guess that's, uh... I guess if there's one thing that was going to be going in our favor, it would be that they weren't well-suited for aquatic combat, because, well, we definitely got our asses handed to us while we were fighting them on the top of the Molar building. I'm sure you fought valiantly. I've not really heard any rumblings regarding Yartrav in a bit in the colony. People there are, are starting to get used to being on land. You know, some of them still live in the under the water in the area surrounding it, but many of them have, have built a little life out there, I think. Yes, with the appearance of the colony offshore, I have been increasingly worried about Yartrav making waves among them with dissent and unrest while they are trying to figure out their next move, especially as some of them are coming to and from land, uh, which, as I think they should, I feel like there is definitely room for all of us. Could the Landwalkers come to Atlantis if we had a way? I, it would be fun to show them our world as much as we have been seeing of theirs. 
I'm just saying, statistically, there has to be at least one Atlantean in the underground by now. And then a moment later, you get a call on your phone uh, from Ruth Day. <gasps> hey, homegirl, what's crackalacking? Hey, Yardak, um, I'm back in town. I know we haven't really had a chance to touch base in a little while. Oh my god, I can't wait to see you. I- I'm currently out with Yardamo, but uh, what's going on? What you been up to? Where are you? What time do you want to hang out? <laughs> you know, I just got unpacked. I'm, I'm free to-, to go get dinner or something if you want later today. <gasps> yes, I can introduce you to Yardamo and introduce him to you. This, this is the best. I love that. Sass has had me kind of just uh, back at their headquarters. I forgot she's what Sass. Doing a lot of uh, training, a lot of learning with everything going on with Union. Where, where do you want to meet? Uh, I mean, we're at the pier. Do you want to meet at Moby Dick's at some point? Uh, yeah, sure. How about at uh, 6 o'clock? Works for us. I love that we've become regulars at the in-universe version of fucking Long John Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm now imagining it's like, it's, maybe it's a little closer to like Red Lobster. I'm not saying it fancy. I'm not ever calling Red Lobster fancy, either. <laughs> it's like Red Lobster smashed into a fast food joint. I love that. I'm just saying, Red Lobster is just fancier than Long John Silver. Oh, okay, fair enough. Laserhawk, you mentioned about wanting to get reconnecting in Highwind, so let's say that you're in Highwind today. Well, I mean, the first thing I'm doing is grabbing a chili dog at the Raimi. Okay, what's the Raimi? The Raimi is the greatest fucking Coney dog place in the world. You haven't had a Coney dog until you've been to the Raimi. What the fuck are you talking about? And let's say uh, Carl and Pam have come on this trip with you. Oh, shit. Neat. Yeah, it's the first time that you and her have ever gone gone out of town together. Aw, well, I mean, we're all getting Coney's. Pam's looking around and she's like, you know, this is probably my first trip out of Riverside in, in a couple years. I think I really needed this. Well, hey. You think you're up for something real cool later? Yeah, I guess. What, what's on your mind? I look at Carl. You can keep a secret, right, kid? Yeah, Dad. <laughs> I mean... I'm serious. You can keep a secret, right? Like from Mom? Yup. I, I guess. I mean, I thought we were kind of past all that. Okay. But... I would be a real jerk if I didn't at least take you guys for a day trip to Neon Glow, and I don't know if your mom would love that idea. To the underground? Look, 20 years ago, there's no way I'd have taken you there. Nowadays, it's not as dangerous as it used to be, at least surface level. There's a lot of really touristy areas now. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I'm gonna call your mom first. I'm pretty sure she's gonna be cool with it. Just in case, though, I'm letting you know, we're going, bud. If you want to. If you don't, that's fine. And I kind of give Pam a look that says, but we're going. And you see, he gets so excited that for a moment, his hands get that kind of that yellow glow like his shields have. Hey, 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 hey. When he realizes he stuffs his hands, like, between his, uh, between his arms. Deep breaths. In three seconds. Hold three seconds. Out three seconds. Hold three seconds. You're doing a lot better now than when you first got him, and I'm proud of you. And he smiles at you. Thanks, Dad. And Pam just kind of takes a look around, makes sure nobody notices, shakes her head at the two of you. Adorable. That kind of... Ruffle Carl's hair, and, uh, I shoot Bev, you know, essentially what I just said, Carl. Like, I kind of want to take the boy to a day trip to the underground. I know that sounds concerning, but it's been gentrified. And you get a text back from Bev. Try to get out of there before it gets too late. Yeah, it's fine for a quick trip. You're the best, Bev. You know I'm going to take care of him. Uh, I'm going to be out tonight, so you might not be able to reach me but text me, you know, I'll get back to you as soon as I see it. Call if it's important. So, your mom says it's cool. Yeah! Yes! And I, uh, smile as my boy finishes his hot dog, presumably, and I text my other boy and ask what he's doing. And what does Mosey respond? I think the revolution can wait a couple hours. What do you got in mind, old man? I'm in town. I have my son. Wanna hang out? Let's get up to some shit. And Pam looks at you. Brock, are you talking to a child? 
Uh, I mean, he's like 14 now. A 14-year-old revolutionary? Is that the, the gist I just got here? Look, things work a little differently down there. He's actually pretty okay for the most part. You, you'll understand in a few. Alright, alright, alright. Uh, is this something I'm gonna need the suit for? You shouldn't. But you didn't say no, Brock. You wouldn't look out of place just sort of wearing it around, so if you wanted to put it on, I wouldn't tell you no. Yeah, I'm not going to a new place with that review uh, and not putting it on. Yeah, no, that's totally valid. You should probably go put that on, Pam. She'll wait till you get to the entrance and stuff. Uh, yeah, well, we finish our dogs, and me, being a seasoned vet of this city, I kind of go to the, uh, roughly about the entrance to, like, the safest part of uh, Neon Glow from the latest reports from our boy, Mosey, and, uh, nothing that the three of us can't handle. Pam's regularly been training with me, and I imagine that Part of my reconnecting with my son has been, you know, getting up to some athletic shit with him, so we should all be equipped to, uh, get down there no problem. Zip, zip, zoop. I have to imagine that Carl's been to football practice once or twice, maybe that his mom doesn't know. Yeah, I definitely imagine that Carl's been to a couple football practices. I see, since it's shield-based, that maybe Yardak has kind of helped him with, like, learning it a little. Ooh. Love that. My little Padawan. <gasps> I'm fish, though. He's a little minnow. I call him Minnow. Does he prefer that to Jimothy? I'm going to say he does like uh, Minnow more than Jimothy. Oh, well, I mean, sucks to suck. It's not going to stop me, kid. He likes it better than when Gemini called him Laser Lad. So anyways, yeah, I bring my son to the underground. How does my boy react to this? Carl is just blown away. You know, Highwind and Riverside are, are nice places, but this is just so far beyond them technologically and aesthetically. It's like when a tourist walks into Times Square, he's just like head up looking at all the different signs and things flying around, post-humans, manimals. What about Pam? Pam is also like, as an engineer, she just looks so impressed and almost sheepish to a degree in terms of like, obviously she fought aliens and stuff, but this is just like different. And I have to imagine that Brock's just sitting there looking like a parent on Christmas morning. Looking at his kids, how excited they are to have finally gotten the Red Rider BB gun. Dad, where are we, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go first? Mom said about like trying to be back before it gets too late, right? I don't know what's too late down here. So the way I see it, we got a good five hours before we should start getting out of here. Six hours before we need to be out of here. That gives us enough time to hit up the touristy shit. Does the underground get a lot of tourists? There's the Megaplex, giant shopping mall that's always fun. There's Street Food Alley. I suppose we're going to want to walk around a little bit, but we got to stop by there. There are over a hundred food vendors just all in line. It's fucking awesome. The Hologram Row. Oh my god, so there's this entire street where all the major tech companies are set up. And they just show off all the latest shit with these big elaborate hologram displays. It's like the coolest thing ever. Oh my god, kid. You still in the robotics club? Yeah, you're still in the robotics club. I dropped you off there like a week ago. We have to check out Robotics Square. Exactly what it sounds like. Big ol' city block. Whole bunch of robotics companies. They've got a bunch of fucking displays. Do they got robot fights? Do they have them? Yes. Do they have them tonight? Absolutely, I already checked. And he just jumps up, can we go, can we go? And I look at Pam, can we go, can we go? I'm on your time, this is this is a vacation for me. <laughs> Let's go on some robots, fight. Pam has suited up by this point, so you know she's got her wingsuit on and the helmet. I imagine that I shoot Mosey attacks to, like, the robot fights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, I'm voting everything on Big Red. I've got rent on this. I mean, not really, because I'm surprisingly loaded for a 14-year-old, but, you know. And Carl goes, what? Invest early, kid. How does Brock feel about Mosey giving his kid financial advice? Brock has definitely gotten financial advice from Mosey before. Oh. Hey out there, we are in it to win it now. So I realize we didn't formally say it, but this is actually one of our upgrade episodes. 
for those who haven't taken notice, all of our Upgrade episodes are titled after My Chemical Romance songs. It says it's been a long time since our last one. Each player got 30 new points to add upgrades and adjustments to their characters. And it's wild that we've been doing this for like 80 sessions. They all started with 150 points, and they are now up to 210 total. Also, we made a reference to Texas and Wyoming earlier in the episode. That was a cheeky play on our Halloween streams from last month, specifically Halloweens 3 and 4, which all take place in the continuity of the Mayhemverse. So while it doesn't directly play into this story, if you haven't had a chance, you can find all of our Halloween series as a playlist on our YouTube channel. Link, of course, will be in the show notes. You should also take a moment to check out our friends at All on the Table RPGs, a trans-centric actual play group on Twitch and YouTube. There you can find their various series, including Vigilantes Union, a superhero actual play using Marvel's Saga RPG system. A link to them can also be found in our show notes. But for now, let's get back to the game. Ruby, you're out in LA this weekend. Getting some sun. I'm assuming I, I'm out here working. Yeah, they've got you on the latest... Code of the Road. You're on the set of the latest Code of the Road film. Uh, with with uh, Johnny Action. Thrash Howard. Johnny Action and Thrash Howard. Fuck yeah, dude. This movie sounds hype. There also definitely needs to be like a... What the fuck is Helen Mirren here? Like, person. <laughs> tried to act very professional but i'm like that is fucking helen mirren dame helen mirren what sort of thing do you think that you're being tasked with today your boss walter stevens basically recommended it's like hey this production's laid off right now this is the best pa i know i'm making this up but i'm imagining this is probably just really good at getting the things the actors like need on really short notice yes ah ha 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 Thrash Howard is a total, like, gentleman. Mm -hmm. His stage persona is very, like, fuck you, everybody. But he is just, like, the nicest guy to work for, and he loves you. Can we say that maybe there was a fight scene or something going on where Ruby suggests something with the choreography to make it more realistic that ends up being really killer? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a really good. So you're on the set of uh, Code of the Road. And it's a really intense scene where Johnny Action and Thrash Howard's characters have to fist fight each other. Can we say that this is a fist fight that's happening on a dam? It's not a real dam. It's a stage set on the lot. They've been going at it back and forth, and the director is just all kinds of frustrated. Just something about it isn't flowing right. Is it the water? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you get a hero point. Yeah! I try to think of something from that fight that I could specifically, like, reference. That's not, like, me fucking saving the dam. Can we say that maybe they're having a knife fight? Sure, yeah. It starts off as a fist fight, and the director's thinking about doing it as a knife fight, but, you know, they're gonna have to redo some choreography. I was like, well, I mean, when you're using, like, a shorter blade, you kind of have to be, like, faster in a lot of ways. So if you have to, like, come around from the side... I'm not sure if I want to make you roll blades or if I want to make you roll uh, filmmaking. Oh, yeah. No, you pick up the knife and you show them what you mean. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I'll let you roll blades if that's what you want to do. A pretty solid roll for what I already have. So I rolled a 13, but I have 15 in blades. Holy fuck, dude. While you were busy partying, Ruby was studying the blade. Fuck you. Uh, 28. Fucking Razal Ghoul over here. There's a stunt coordinator there who's like, he looks almost concerned at you about how good you did that move. Um, I took a, I, I gotta say this is true, but this is not why she's good at this. I took a semester of a, of a, um, of stunt choreograph class in college, in film school. All right, uh, roll deception. 15, and I have a lot of deception, so that is a 25. Wow, well, if I know, I know you're killing it here as a PA, Miss Lawson, but, like, if you ever want to help out with the stunts here, I'm sure I'm sure we could find something for you to do. I always found it really fun getting to participate in stunts when we were doing that class. And in my head, fucking fighting people. After you've demonstrated this and, like, the director's on board, Thrash is like, whoa, Ruby, that's, like, amazing. Well, thanks, Thrash. 
You know, you've got to come with. We're going to an after party tonight. Always fun. I don't. I'm based on the East Coast, so I don't. I don't got any plans. I don't know anyone here. Yeah, we'd love to have you. It's 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 going to be a great time. I'll get you the address. Cool. Great. Thanks. Let's jump back to Yardak. Yardak, you're arriving at Moby Dick's. I walk in and like looking around, head just on like a I don't not even a swivel. This is like fast rotation, trying to find Ruth as quick as I can. Looks like a fucking bobblehead. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there in five minutes. Sorry, running late. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay. And so I'm going to like, all right, let's get a table. We, we can uh, grab a drink and uh, wait for Ruth to get here. I'm like jacked up. I'm like, let's go. And a server approached you. Table for two? Uh, three, actually. We're having a friend meet us. Yeah, right this way. And I just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And like walk behind her. Now, is this Yardama's first time at Moby Dick's? Uh-huh. And he's looking at the menu and he goes, wow, such a wide selection of fried fish. I know uh, we don't exactly have flame underwater, but let me tell you, I can't knock it. The fried fish is good. The humans are on to that one. But also they seem to fry everything. We've got fried onions, fried mozzarella, fries. This guy's going to lose his fucking mind if there's fried ice cream on the menu. He almost seems overwhelmed by choices. He's not used to... I think Atlantis is more practical. Like, yeah, it's not like hunter-gatherer, but it is pretty Spartan. Really, it's like going from any other country to America. You're just like, oh my god, there's so much. And you see Ruth Day walk in, and she's wearing a beautiful red dress. Um, her hair's pulled up in a bun. I see her from across the bar, and I go, ow, ow! <laughs> and she sees you, she blushes a little bit, and she walks on over. I pull her into a big hug. Oh my god, Yardak, it's so good to see you. God, I know, it's been so long, and I can finally introduce my two favorite people to each other fucking rude and she goes yardamo i've heard so much about you and she's like shaking his hand fangirling practically <laughs> all, right, all right so what's the seating arrangement here i was thinking circle table because there's three of us it's, it's a fairly small square table like two foot by two foot the one that's always fucking wobbly no matter what she shoves a coaster underneath it <laughs> i am famished i've been non-stop these past couple months I know, uh, tell me what's been up. Are you working with SAS now? I mean, is that, is that the only job? You still having 15 at a time? What's going on? Well, Yardak, it's just the one job still. It's paying really well. Um, I'm really, I'm trying to buckle down and get that student loan debt paid off. This is the most fucking relatable thing a character has said on this show. Oh my god, he has to explain the student debt to Yardamo. I see him like have a quizzical face and I'm like, I, I, I'll explain it to you later. Uh, SAS, you know, following the invasion is just uh, really trying to... We can't replace Union, we're not nearly that big, but we're just trying to expand our network uh, and, and letting people know that we're available. Uh, they've been sending more agents on missions and stuff. You know, that weird thing that happened out in Montana. Oh, were you involved in that? I wasn't, but I, but I sent some agents out towards it. Some freaky thing with dreams. Oh. Trying to keep our ear to the ground. I know Union isn't a big fan of what we've been doing lately because they say we're too aggressive, but I, I've really been happy with seeing the leadership stepping up. I mean, aggressive or not, I haven't heard any com uh, actual complaints at this point, and uh, it's so crazy to me that uh, it's just the one job. I don't think I've ever seen you uh, this settled, this focused. Yeah, it's nice. I, I Focus is great, uh, is exactly the word that I would use. I'm just I'm really happy. You look very well put together. I mean, uh, you're you look like you've actually slept in the last 24 hours. You know, your hair's all done up. I mean, it's looking good on you there, Ruthie. Well, yeah, I just wanted to do something, you know, like I said, it's been nonstop work, and I thought I want to make myself look nice. And if Moby Dix is the place, so be it. We're going to jump back over to Laserhawk. What's going on at the, you're heading to the robot fighting arena? I imagine at this point we've gotten to the arena. Probably gone out of my way to make it the most scenic walk imaginable, partially to get Pam and my son to geek out, partially to give Mosey enough time to get there, too. And uh, when you meet up, he's right out right out front, and he waves you down. I mean, how does my son react to this? He's, like, meeting his internet friend, basically. So Mosey keeps it real cool. Carl absolutely cannot. <laughs> Carl jumps up, goes, Mosey! Carl, holy shit! But Carl straight up sprints and gives him a big like bear hug and carl's pretty tall now so he like picks him up mosey looks surprised but also smiles like he's happy about it but the second carl puts him back down he's like cool faced <laughs> this is one of the greatest moments of brock's life three of my four children are here wait shit four of the five 
Am I included in this? Absolutely. I feel like I'm old enough that I'm like, I'm more your niece, because I feel like I'm too old to actually be a kid. Look, Brock would hide a body for you. You're including. That's fair. But yeah, no, Brock is just as excited as my kid, but I'm keeping it together like Mosey. Mosey kind of gestures. Alright, you guys, tickets are already paid for, bets are already made, trust me, we're gonna win tonight. Carl looks at you and goes, we're gonna make some money too? Of course we're gonna fucking make some money tonight. You're hanging out with the Mose man. Pam has her helmet on so you can't see her face, but you do see the motion of her shaking her head. And, uh, Mosey kind of whips around. Hang on a minute. Hornet? Yes, I'm Hornet. Uh, and she has the voice modulator going. Mosey definitely sticks a hand out to shake it. Genuinely huge fan of your work. There's a couple upgrades that can be made to the suit still, but you don't exactly live here, so... Shakes his hand. I uh, would describe it as, like, warily. Like, is this child criticizing my suit? Anyways, let's go make some fucking shmoney. And you walk in the robot fighting arena. There's definitely a class divide to it, right? Like, there is definitely, like, the nice seats up top uh, where you can see, like, you know, people in nice suits and there's hors d'oeuvres and shit. And then there's everyone in kind of this bullpen immediately surrounding the cage where the robots fight. And this is where it definitely looks like people are coming from, like, Subway City and stuff. Yeah, that sounds about right. And an announcer walks out and goes... All right, guys and gals and non-binary pals, welcome to Chubbo's Arena. Chubbo. And a big thank you to our benefactor, Chubbs McKenzie. He's like a bigger guy, uh, looks very like a capital G gamer, uh, but he's like sitting up top and he's waving down to everybody, you know, wipes off some Cheetos dust on his uh, flannel. We've got an amazing show for you tonight. We've got the RX-99 versus Robo Manjaro. Love that. Robo Manjaro. And yeah, you're kind of just watching as this uh, fight gets underway. Robo Manjaro looks kind of like if you gave a tractor chainsaw arms. Good. And RX-99 looks more, more akin to like a Liger from Zoids. Like an actual like cat robot. Um, and you would think that the cat being so agile, like you can see it jumping around, would be the clear winner. But these robot arms with the chainsaws can go in all directions, completely 360 degrees in all directions. Now, you see, son, the thing about robot fighting is that you always need to make sure that you have protection against chainsaws. You wouldn't think that that's a big thing, but that's one of the top three weapons in these things. They won't let us do that at the robotics club. <laughs> Wait until you get to college, kid. Brock definitely bet on a couple of college robot fights. Well into his 20s. Standing next to you is a, um, a very slight blonde woman. She's got some, uh, nicer clothes on. You'd say, like, like you guys have some nicer clothes on compared to the rest of the riffraff that are coming from Subway City. And she kind of has, like, a similarly nice clothing, and you kind of catch each other's eyes. I nod at her. And she smiles back. What brings you here? Oh, a little day trip with the family. How about you, native? No, no, I, I, I'm just visiting. I extend a hand. Brock. You can call me Megan. Megan. Pleasure to meet you. Got any money riding on this thing? No, no, this is my first robot fight. I just kind of wanted to see what it's all about. I'll make a play of it the next time. Ah, I personally am a huge fan. You see... It's all the barbarism of boxing or MMA, minus all the human cruelty, plus the added Nino factor of robotics. These robots aren't sentient, right? They can't feel pain. No, 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 no. The Okada ones, probably. There's some sick fucks. But here, it's way too low budget for them to be put into any form of emotional cores into it. That certainly puts me at ease. Yeah, no, no, that cost entirely too much money for them to be thinking about doing anything like that here. Oh, cool. How, how do you know so much about it? Well, I, uh, lived in Sunnyside for quite a few years, spent, uh, quite a lot of time down here. You know, you just sort of learn things, come to these fights, and hang out around the high-tech districts. So where are you at now? Currently, I'm on the East Coast, Riverside. 
Ah, I've been meaning to get over there. I hear it's nice. It is much calmer than things are around here. Usually. So Megan looks over and sees Carl and and Mose and Pam. And Carl looks up and goes, Hi, I'm Carl. Oh, hi, Carl. I'm Meg. And I imagine that Mosey also. Hey there, Mosey. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing quite well, Mosey. How are you? Fantastic. What did you say your name was again? Oh, my name is... <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. The fuck? She's saying it. She can't lie. In the back of Mosey's head, just, huh, I didn't even mean to do that. I just genuinely wasn't paying attention. Pam just gives a little two-finger salute. And uh, that's Hornet, Carl says. Brock knowing very well what's going on. I feel like at this point I should roll a deception because I want to try and play it cool, but I'm, like, paying way more attention with this interaction now. Okay, what are you trying to do next? So, Megan, where did you say you were from? Uh, I've lived all over. Still kind of getting to know this town. I've got a bit of money, so I'm kind of trying to figure out where I, where I uh, belong, you know? Yeah, I understand that. Can I roll some form of, like, insight or investigation to try and see what I can figure out about this woman just from years of being a superhero and a beat cop and also a military man and having to observe shit? Uh, let's go with insight. Boom. Plus an eight, so that's 23. You know, she's been all smiles this whole time except for when she spoke to Mose and he asked her name uh, and then she got very scared quickly played it off like huh, that was weird so megan is that uh short for anything hey we're just gonna know each other you don't need to ask me all these personal questions brock kind of playfully grins back all right fair enough oh oh that one just lost his head Did you guys see that that one just lost his head yeah you turn around and you see like the chainsaw blade comes up and cuts off the Liger robot's head. And that is a win for Robo Manjaro. Mosey, did we put money on that one? Mosey has a big smile on his face right now. <laughs> ah, Bradford's going to be so happy he's going to be able to get his kid that new motor tricycle. Pam just uh, threw the voice modulator. Brock, this town is fucking weird. <laughs> Lady, you've only been here for like a couple hours. You don't even know the half of 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 it. Ruby, uh, you are all just finishing filming up Code of the Road for the day. Uh, the director, Quentin Tarantino. Wait, what? <laughs> says, all right, everybody, uh, uh, great job. Great job today. Did I have to talk about some fucking feet shots? You could not talk about the feet shots. That's a DC check you can't reach. Well, I'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, and he gets in his car and takes off. And Thrash is like, hey, uh, Ruby, like, I'm gonna get you that address. Let me get your number. Uh, it's, I don't know Ruby's number is. Text you an address. It's, uh, you're right now, like, in South LA, and this is, like, fairly far in North LA. I'm gonna have to grab a lift or something. I had to leave the van back in Riverside. You know what? Charge it to my account. Oh, you don't need to do that. Listen, listen, I'm having you come all the way out of your way, but you're just, you're so cool, and we want to have you at the party. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. All right, all right. We'll see you there. I'm finishing up whatever I need to do. Helen Mirren was craving, like, a certain type of tea they were out of, and I was able to, like, make her some. Oh, thank you, darling. Oh, this is delicious. Thank you so much, Ruby. And you hear over the phone, Ruby? Ambassador Morris, it's, it's good to see you again. Ruby, what are you doing in L.A.? I'm working on the newest Code of the Road um, movie. Oh, not that schlock. And Helen looks at her through the call, and she goes, I know, I know, Helen. You know, they're fun and people enjoy watching them. And Helen stirs her tea and goes, ah, yes, because science fiction television is so, so much better. Look, I am pro-science fiction television, but also pop culture is fun, and I'm, we're here to have fun. I'm just saying, with how you've described it so far, there's no way that Brock doesn't have at least a hole in the wall at the laser hut covered with a fucking coat of the red poster. Mm -hmm. Well, it is so good to see you, Ruby. Helen, I do need to get going, but you work with this one. She is delightful, and she is the best. Thank you, Madam Ambassador. Helen says, well, I think I'm going to depart for the day, too. Thank you so much for the tea, Ruby. Oh, of course. And I'll see you tomorrow.
I, I kind of made the assumption that maybe Helen Mirren knows about the uh, after party, but also Helen Mirren is Helen Mirren and older than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. This party, like Thrash is like in his mid-20s too. Yeah. I'm going to text Bethany to be like, oh my God, I got invited to an after party with Thrash Howard. And then I'm, I'm going to call Rickard and tell him about it. Calling him as I'm like walking out to wherever it would be good to catch the lift. And I'm like, yeah, I got called. And I was like, I, oh my God, I saw... um. When I went to bring tea to Helen Mirren, also, what the hell? I just brought tea to Helen Mirren. Wow, Ruby. that's uh, you, you're, still, you're living the high-flying, exciting life now. She was on the phone uh, with Ambassador Morris, so I got to say hi to her, too, which is always nice. Oh, wow. Small world. Well, Ms. Morris is a real nice lady. You know what? I think I remember them. Maybe they were in, like the Royal Shakespeare Company at the same time back in the day. Ruby, you'd be the one that would know all about all that. I don't really know anything about them. I'm so excited for you. I hope you have a lot of fun at this party. And you gotta text me and let me know you get home, though. Oh, oh, of course, of course. I'm probably gonna be going to bed soon. I'm gonna have an early day tomorrow. Tell Ramos hi for me. Tell me if you've learned anything about Betsy. Yeah, uh, I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I know. Thanks, honey. Love you. Love you, too. On your, uh, your vroom. I said lift earlier. Sorry, I forgot. This episode's Intel Drop is brought to you by The Masks and Mayhem Kofi. The Hassan family has been up to quite a bit in the time since Myra Hassan, aka Hyperact, left to join her missions for Union. After defeating the Clash Club in Riverside, Myra went on to travel for a bit, seeing family members, attending conventions, and eventually settling in Sunset Beach, Florida. She's even started seeing someone. After returning from Union Protective Custody, Myra's younger brother Mo has graduated with a degree in business and now lives in San Francisco with their parents. Meanwhile, Myra's older sister Hazima graduated from the University of Riverside before continuing at the school to pursue a graduate degree in biology. After leaving Riverside just prior to Myra's mission, her parents Fatima and Zahid moved to San Francisco for Zahid's job in cybersecurity. Her parents never quite question how their daughter seems to always be able to visit or gets there in such a short amount of time, but after being nearly no contact while she was away, they're just happy to get to see her. This episode's Intel Drop was brought to you by the Masks and Mayhem Kofi. Support the show by donating what you can at ko-fi.com slash mayhemcast. Alright, let's move back over to Yardak then. Okay. Um, as you're kind of finishing up your dinner with uh, Ruth Day... Who's going to fuck up our night? You see Yartrav walk in. Oh, that little bitch. I knew it was coming. He only knows you with your glamour charm as current. Mm-hmm. And he, he knows the real you, though, as being the guy who fucking imprisoned him. Did, has he seen me? No, you've seen him. He has not seen you yet. I want to, um, God, what is it? I'm going to be a group stealth to, I want us to just like, immediately duck down and i want to i want to follow him see what he's up to all right yeah you've already paid for your meal uh roll your stealth check 23 23 no it's 22 i can't count so you're sneaking around and you see him uh he's picking up a to-go order Mm -hmm. oh please tell me he's a roommate's driver too (laughs) picks up the order he places some money down gets some change and he goes to leave and he catches eyes with you. Ah, bitch. And he immediately just books it. I'm gonna fucking haul ass after him. Well, Yaradama quickly explains who Yartrav is to Ruth. Do I need a weapon? Do you have one? Technically. And she has like a little taser in her purse. Ah, uh, okay. And he's running. Uh, and they're kind of like trying to catch up behind you. I think you're, you're more into this run than they are. You know, they're kind of just tagging along. And he sees you, like, chasing him, and he tries to just keep running faster, and you're kind of gaining ground on him. And he pulls out some water, just throws it back at you, like a, a random slash through the air. Can I spend a hero point to notice it and react, and to take his water that he's throwing at me, and turn it into a whip and fucking trip him? Uh, yeah, you can spend your hero point to do that. Uh, roll water whip with a negative two penalty. Negative two. Plus ten... Uh, so we get 23 minus 2 is 21. 21, that hits. See him trip? He turns to the side to keep, like, the, the food from spilling. <laughs> That's the worry. <laughs> uh, and he lands on his shoulder and he goes, fuck. And he sees you coming and he goes, god damn it. I did my time, Yardak. Didn't he, like, just 
break out during the insurrection? Not during the insurrection, but during like all the chaos from the Civil War. He was there for five years. I mean, that's nothing for Atlanteans. And then came and joined an illegal fighting ring. Okay, but so did Sticky Steve, and he's innocent. Uh, as soon as he hits the ground, I just close the distance and I'm right over top of him. And I just want to be like, what the fuck are you doing around here? I live here. Oh, you planning on bombing this too? No. Where's Mosey when you need him? I live on land now. I left that life behind. I left Atlantis behind. Can I roll an insight check, see if he's telling the truth? Absolutely. Damn, it's only a seven, so 17. Yeah, he seems like he's telling exactly, like he's, like he definitely seems very indignant about the fact that he's being stopped when he wasn't doing anything. He believes what he says. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to get him up off the ground. I'm just bending over, grabbing him by like the lapels or whatever you want to call it, and going to brush the dirt off of his shoulder, and I'm even going to be nice enough to heal his elbow where he fell. I guess if we can turn over new leaves, we'll turn over new leaves, but if you're in the area, I'm going to be keeping an eye on you. Makes sense. Because, I mean, you blew up my fucking home, so we can't just let bygones be bygones on that one. Instead of wasting your time picking fights with me, you could be out there helping our people. You could be helping all those just off the shore. You know, they could use your help more than I could use your, your judgment. And I feel like at that point, that's when Yardamo comes up, and I'm, I want to be like, well, that's what he's doing. Yeah, Atlantean military. Sure can trust them, huh? Well, we didn't bomb the town. I was trying to rally the people to see what I already saw, and now they do. I'm not going back, though. I'm not saying you have to go back to Atlantis. I don't feel like they want you there. But you also can't be causing trouble on land. And as I've told you, I'm going to be keeping an eye on you. We used to be friends, Yardak. You might not have killed anybody, but you could have. And had you, this would be an entirely different conversation. But I didn't, and it isn't. Good day. And as he goes to, like, because I'm letting him leave, I also want to summon a Shardling to tail his ass. Okay. Laserhawk, back down at the arena. There's a couple more rounds of fighting. They patch up RX-99, have it fight with, with uh, Robo Manjaro again. Robo Manjaro fights another couple robots. Mosey makes pretty good on his bets. He lost one of the fights, but won most of them. Fantastic. And uh, as he's counting his winnings, he hands a bit to you and a bit to Pam. Fantastic. By the way, kid, this is going to your college fund. Oh man, I wanted ice cream. I act like we're not getting ice cream too, dickhead. Yes! Megan kind of tags along with you as you're heading on out. Oh, fuck yeah. I know just the place. Ice cream shop right around the corner. It's called Scoople Dupes. I like to go there because it's called Scoople Dupes. I don't really know anyone around here. Can I tag along? Of course. Cool. And uh, as you're all walking into the shop and she's like, so what do you do? Um, for work and stuff, or you know, life. Uh, right now I'm uh, an independent contractor, which I know sounds vague, but that basically means I'll do whatever people pay me to do. You know, one week I'm helping someone putting up a house, the next week I'm helping someone redesign a website. Just wherever the road takes me. Roll a deception check. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I'll spend that hero point. I don't see anywhere else I'm going to spend it. Oh, so that's a 13 then. Uh, 16 overall. She gives you a wry smile and she says, that's a lot of fancy words for whatever you're actually up to. <laughs> that's a lot of fancy words for I think you gotta get to know me a little better. Fair enough. And I kind of wink at her. Are they gonna fuck? I, that's what I was like. <laughs> I was like, are we supposed to be like shipping Brock with this lady? Megan goes up and says, you know, I actually, I don't really eat ice cream, but I'll, I'll just kind of hang out with y'all if that's okay. Sus. Evil. And, uh, I imagine that at this point we're in, uh, Food Truck Alley, so I kind of, like, gesture around. What would you like? It's on me. Oh. I was gonna say that you don't have to worry about rain in the underground, but I imagine that, like, definitely some parts of the shittier parts of it definitely probably get, like, overflow, like, flooding waters raining down? I imagine that in most of the underground that's the case, but Neon Glow kind of being, like, the corporate playground, they probably have, like, an artificial rain system. And she looks around and she goes, oh, you know what, I'll get a salad. Sounds great to me. Mostly lettuce, but then, some, like, some tomatoes and stuff. Whatever the lady wants, I guess, but I'm definitely mentally judging her for this, uh, 
strange herbivoric diet. <laughs> so, what do you do for a living? You got me curious now. Well, I, uh, I haven't worked for a little while. Kind of just been kind of drifting from place to place, but I used to work with animals. Oh, no shit. Yeah, um, I, I, I really like working with them, but, uh, I just had to, I, ne I needed a change of pace. I can definitely understand that. I, uh, I, uh, used to be a cop, believe it or not. Enforcer of laws, interesting. Yeah, so, uh, I know a thing or two about needing a change after a while. I imagine that the whole time, like, my son, my other son, and my daughter are bonding. Mosey's teaching Carl and Pam how to play poker. <laughs> I love that. Laserhawk, roll a perception check. Bam. 26, baby. So you leaned over at one point, and some of your ice cream kind of dipped into uh, her salad. But she, like, you realize that just as she had picked up a bite, like, she was looking at you and picked it up and, like, went to go eat it. Hang on, hang on. And then my ice cream got on there. Oh. Oh, my God. Thank you. I, I... No, I kind of figured if you're not into ice cream, it's probably, like, a lactose thing. It's just not my thing. Thank you so much. You've been so nice. I, I mentioned that I was going to try to get over to Riverside. Uh, is there a way I can contact you? Here's my number, and I give her the real one. And she texts you a number right back. Megan, you said your name was? Yeah. Yeah. And she looks at her phone, and she goes, Oh, crap, I just realized what time it is. I, I do have to go. It was so nice meeting all of you. Of course, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and the rest of your night just to be safe. And she goes, Carl, you're, you're such a nice young man. Uh, you know, you make sure your dad doesn't get up to anything uh, too crazy. Carl asks at that and, and nods. Hornet, it was nice to meet you. And Mosey, right? Absolutely. Uh, well, it was, it was wonderful getting to meet all of you. All right, I, I gotta go. Bye. Bye, mystery lady. Apparently she did think it was nice to meet Mosey. The second she's out of earshot, I want to kind of lean into Mosey. So what's the over-under on that one being a villain? I feel like Mosey thinks everybody's a villain. Villain? Nah, but there's something about her. <laughs> yeah, there is. And Carl Elba's your dad. Your dad's allowed to have feelings, too. Yeah, but not about girls. Relax, it's not like I started making out with someone right in front of you, kid. And Carl just shakes his head and finishes his ice cream. We fade back in to, uh, Ruby, you're on your way to the party. I would say, I, I, I also texted Thrash and been like, hey, am I good with whatever I was wearing at work, or should I go try and change real quick for this? And he says, you're perfectly fine, you dress so nice. Thanks. Oh, I'm going to tell record. And the party is just, like, big and loud and traditional Hollywood movie party. Like, people that are in, uh, in bikinis, even though no one's in the pool. <laughs> And just, like, uh, definitely a lot of people, like, drinking and dancing. There's a DJ playing with two turntables. Oots, 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 oots. This isn't Thrash's house. He rents it. Yeah. And Thrash sees you come in and goes, Ruben! Hey, Thrash! Everyone goes, ah! And, like, you see a bunch of people from set there. And some actors you know. A bunch of people you don't know. A couple people you don't know also join in the, hey, when, when Thrash says Ruby. What do you do at this party? You see, there's like a lot of hors d'oeuvres, there's drinks, there's... Make sure to say hi to Thrash, you know, I'm polite. I was telling Thrash that I stopped somewhere and got him, like, some wine. I made wine. She brought wine! And, like, he goes and puts it on the, on the pile of, of many bottles. Which of these hors d'oeuvres do I, like, have to check out? You need to try these mozzarella sticks. The fuck is with the show of mozzarella sticks? I do love me a mozzarella stick, and I'm... Going, going for the mozzarella sticks. Uh, they are the most divine ones that you've ever had in your life. They beat out Remus Pub? 100%. These are amazing. I, I need a recipe. Unfortunately, Chef Gordon doesn't give out recipes. Are you flying? This is Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like Gordon Ramsay? Shh. He makes them special for me whenever I'm in town. That is amazing. Is he here? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, he was, he was earlier before the party started. He came over and helped make them, and we hung out and played video games. That was very cool. How's your boyfriend? Good, good. I uh, talked to him when I was walking out to catch the room. Got to work early. You know, it's 
life of an agent. Yeah, yeah, sure. Especially in Riverside after all the shit that went down. That was crazy. I, I, I'd, I'd be scared to live out there. I mean, frankly, where is safe, right? I mean, South America got hit and Washington and Texas and, and uh, I heard the ocean got hit. It's it's. I'm from Texas. You know, I like had to. Oh, my gosh. Had to make sure my family was OK. They're fine. Everyone's fine. Everyone I know. You know, we've got a lot of hero heroes helping out there. You know, I read a lot about that. You know, I'm thinking we need more things that tell us about these heroes. Like, I don't know, documentaries or, or maybe movies. You know, you never know. It's weird to me like there's that there aren't more superhero movies. You know, I just I just think there should be, you know, uh, we do we do biopics of everybody else. We, we just totally make that happen. Uh, also, Thrash is like very inebriated. Yeah, this is my theory about... Uh, this there so many so many of them are so secretive. How do you how do you get to know what they're about? Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, I gotta go see other people at the party. Yeah. Of course. Of course. You know, it's been really good seeing you. You know, I'll see you. I'll see you once set tomorrow. Right. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Uh, I guess I I look around to see if who else I know at the party to go say hi to. You look across the party and you see Derek. I go ahead say hi to Derek. <laughs> Ruby. Hey, I didn't know you were in town. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Walter flew me out to help him out with, uh, with some production stuff. We're talking about what's going on with, uh, Space Cadet and everything. You know, hoping to get that back up and running. That would be great. Yeah, uh, hey, shh, no, mom's the word, you know, like I said, alien stuff. Uh, and you see, like, someone nearby gives you a look when he mentions aliens. Yeah, of course. Did I go, yeah, are you also working? I was just changing the subject because I don't want to make the people around me uncomfortable. Are you also working on Code of the Road? Like I said, I mostly just came out for for kind of space cadet discussion. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Walter will find some stuff for me to work on anyway. Yeah, well, if you do end up on Code of the Road, uh, have kind of become Helen Mirren's tea runner somehow. I don't know. That's cool. I mean, you're the best. I get it. You know, and, and how are you doing? I know you were out after the invasion. You know, you were you were sick for a while. Nobody could get a hold of you. Some of the rubble got like near where we were, kind of. Made me cough up a little bit, but I'm good now. I'm good now. Okay. Well, you know, hey, you just to make sure you're taking care of yourself, all right? Luckily, uh, my roommate and I are really good friends, so she was helping take care of me and my um, my boyfriend, too. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, I got to head back down. Are you staying down south, too? Uh, Yeah, I am. Are you staying at the chariot? I am. Cool, cool, cool. You want to take a room back? Sounds good to me. It's a pretty smooth ride back. You get out of the room. He says he's going to head up to his room. Okay. When suddenly out of the corner of your eye, you see a blur move by. Is it a blur like something that looks like Myra? When you turn around, you realize that it is, in fact, a blue blur running after some guys on the street. God damn it. And I sneak behind, uh, go behind a dumpster. They had to take away all the fucking phone booths, didn't they? Become visual aid, and I head start headed towards where the blur is. So they're running towards you, like okay. Um, it's two guys, and they've got like big sacks, and they pull out guns, and they're shooting back towards the blur. I put a like a mid length wall, so it's like right at their shins, to try and trip the guys with the guns. Let's see how that goes. See if they dodge it. Nope. And trip on the ground, they do they kind of topple over this like shin level thing because they were kind of running and looking behind them and you see money just spills out of the bags onto the floor. Well, I was going to ask what was in there, but I guess I know now. And you're close enough now. One of them sees you and he goes to shoot at you. What do you do? I'm going to like duplicate myself real quick. And he kind of goes back and forth between the two. And as he's hesitating, the blur speeds around the wall and comes by and punches the two of them. One of me looks at the other me and goes, huh, that's new. And you see the blur stops, and it's a kid, probably guess, probably 14 or 15, Hispanic. He's got, like, a blue pullover face mask, like a snow mask, and, like, a leather jacket with a blue tint to it. Hey, kid. Holy crap, visual aid? Yeah. Uh... I mean, I could take a vacation, right? And he's, like, a couple feet away, and he zips over, like, till he's right in front of you, puts his hand out, and he goes... Uh, I'm a big fan. That's that's always nice to hear. And I'm like shaking hands. Like, did I like rob a bank or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. They 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 um uh held up a convenience store. Um, but I got to them. 
And I, I, I almost had him. Uh, thank you so much for the assist. I, I, I could have gotten him, though. Of course. You know, it's don't want you ruining, like, any more of your shoes. I know Hyperact, if she didn't have uh, her special suit, sometimes her shoes would catch on fire. Ah, uh, Hyperact! This kid is adorable. Do you work with the police, should we call them? Uh, this is my first time? Let's go with calling the police. Good job for your first time. I go high five. And it goes like a little too hard. Like like he moved a little too fast. Ah, oh, oh my God. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm, I'm used to it. No, of course. Yeah. And you and you also, you work with Hyperact, who also moves fast. And I get, I get, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, and you can call me Sonic Boom. Chapter 73. Look alive, sunshine. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. Be sure to check out our friends at All on the Table RPG, as well as the Masks and Mayhem Kofi. Links for both are in the show notes. The episode was written, produced, and forced to talk with movie star Johnny Action by myself, R.C. Byler, with production assistance by Brandon Brownson. Our logo art is by Jen Evans, and our font is by A.J. Eisen. Our theme music is by Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Justice League of Kids. Also, Visual Aid has fans. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that I got a hero point and never used any because we like, weren't doing combat. That's why I wanted to use the point for uh, getting the water to trip him just because it would be cool. Because I'm like, ah, I'm not going to really use this hero point, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't really formally say that it's an upgrade episode, but, you know, we've got our new character sheets now. Yeah. No, that was great. You let me hang out with all three of my kids. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. I don't know if I liked this one as much as the nightclub episode, but like, man, it's neck and neck. If you're adopting Mosey, I get to adopt Sonic Boom. That's fine. Did everybody feel like they got they got a good balance of what they were doing? I got to hang out with Helen Mirren. My boyfriend and my girlfriend got to hang out together. Like, I know we were all separated, but that it didn't feel um, like you weren't doing anything. And let's be honest, we always inter-fucking-jacked, so we're always involved in each other's scenes. Well, I guess the most important thing is that you had fun. Yeah, if you had fun, you won. My mom used to say that a lot because I was terrible at sports. What are your theories about what comes from some of these uh, events? Laserhawk has a girlfriend. I don't know, but that lady's coming back around. I'm on both sides of the fence of if Yartrav is actually turning a new leaf or if he's fucking some shit up. I'm like, I, I'm picturing both sides. All right, going around the table real quick. Uh, final thoughts, Dan. I like that I got to have a cutesy of my little rom-com episode. Rachel. I like I have proof that Ruby's good at her job. Brandon. Brock be fucking. <laughs> Any other thoughts? A lot. <laughs> <laughs>